Good to see you and thank you. So many of you came to our second service. We are so excited that you are here and what God is doing. And every one of you is special to us and to God. God is with you. Do you know that? On Wednesday, we were doing the third in our Bible teaching series. If you didn't watch it, really hope that you will. We're talking about the presence of God. And uh, I really want to recommend you to, to go back and watch that. Not because I preached it, but I was brilliant. According to my wife, <laughs> not that she's biased. You, you, you go, and, go, and, go, and, go and watch that, it'll be, be worth it. Subject today is, it's all about the heart. The Bible often refers to the heart and tells us to love God with all our heart, tells us to guard our heart, tells us to do what we do with all of our heart. Of course, it's not referring to the blood pump that's in here. Uh, it, it's referring to focus, the center, that important part of us, called the heart, it's our central core, it's our very being. It's something on the middle of that. It's difficult to describe it, which is why the Bible says, it's your heart. Mary had a heart moment. She had several, actually. But when the angels, you remember the angels, you know, they, they came and told the shepherds, and the shepherds came, and in Luke chapter 2, and verse 19, and it says, Mary treasured up these things and pondered on them in her heart. Not in her mind, but in her heart. The heart, uh, okay, is a little bit of biology, and I know that we have quite a lot of doctors and medics amongst our church and maybe maybe watching still in our second service uh, but the heart is the most vital organ in our body other bits can fail our eyes might not be so good our ears might not be so good our limbs might not be so good but we can actually live quite a, a meaningful life when those are not so good but when your heart gives out guess what it's curtains you're finished why? Because the heart is vital. And when the Bible uses the word heart, it's not using the words lightly. It's saying this is vital. This is a vital issue. So here's the bit of biology. Did you know that your heart is pumping oxygenated, enriched blood through your bodies? And when it does and it's doing a good job of it, you will be well and you'll be active and you'll be like a young man or woman. pumping please it beats about 115,000 times every day that's a lot of beating and it pumps about 200 gallons or 9,000 liters of blood through goes through our heart every day and there's about 10 pounds pints or five liters of blood in your in your body so if you want to do the maths divide 9,000 liters by well anyhow okay it's a lot of times isn't it pumping through our body all the time. When it comes out of your heart, it's oxygenated, it's quite red, and it's full of goodness, and, uh, and, it, and it's, it's rich blood, and it's going to all the bits of your body that make you healthy and, and good. When it's on its way back, it's a bit more bluish, and it comes back in your veins, and it's on its way back to the heart to get replenished, and uh, refurbished and filled again with oxygen only to go out and do something good again it's a bit like our lives isn't it 
you know, we, we get filled with something good from God. And we go out and we come back and we go out and we come back, freely receive, freely we give, and we're all the time running around with the blessing of the Lord. And it is a medical fact, a proven, not a Christian one, it is Christian, but it's a medical fact, that laughing, <laughs> come on, okay, is good for your heart. It reduces stress and boosts your immune system. Laughing. <laughs> I don't feel like laughing. I know. We all go through times when we don't feel laughing, but actually it's good for you. And even the Bible agrees with the doctors, or actually the doctors agree with the Bible, actually, because that was there before. In Proverbs 17 and 11, it says this, A happy heart is good medicine, and a, and a cheerful mind works healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. We are told to take care of our heart. We're all getting this message, aren't we, from the British Heart Foundation and everywhere else that we've got to eat a balanced diet, keep our weight down, exercise regularly, and we'll add to it, and laugh a lot. So do these things in good measure every day, and like eat an apple a day, <laughs> and you will be okay. I know a bit about this. My mother died early because of a massive heart attack, and she was in church at the time. Bang, down she went. I had an uncle, an uncle who did exactly the same in one of my services and several other people who've, I told the people in the first service, just, just watch out because we've, I've had a number of people die on me in services and not all of them have I been able to raise again from the dead. <laughs> one we did, but that's another story. But, uh, well, anyhow, just stay healthy, yeah? Take good care of your heart, your natural heart. But the message today is about taking good care of our spiritual heart. Why? Because your heart is the center of you. It's the source of your feelings. It's the source of your responses. It's the source of your love. It's the support, the source of your compassion. It's where your loyalty and your sorrows come out of. It's where your worship. You know, you can come to a, a service like this and sing a song, but it didn't come from your heart. It came from your head or from, it came from your mouth, and it meant very little. But when it comes from your heart, how many of you know it's a different realm, isn't it? Something entirely different happens, which is why Mark chapter 12 and verse 30 says this in Mark 12, 30. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. We're supposed to love God with all of our... And the first on the list is our heart. Say heart with me. Heart. We're supposed to have healthy hearts that we can worship and love God from our hearts and not just our minds and, and everything else, but from our heart. You know, even romantics. We've got some romantics in the house, have we, today? There's a few hands, hands going up. I see that hand. I see that hand, yeah. That's about, oh, I see, late, late comers now. Okay, we've got wives digging their husbands because you just put your hand up and she's saying, no, you're not. <laughs> Romantics. I mean, even in romance, we talk about, you know, giving her your heart or him your heart, and he loves her with all of his heart. Why? Because they understand something. We're talking about from the core of our being, from the center of who we are. You know, we can love something with our mind, but actually it's, it only happens when our mind and our heart come together in agreement. You know, the heart is the gateway for your whole being, and you can decide something in your mind, but if your heart doesn't agree, guess what? You either won't do it or you'll do it very half-heartedly because your whole, your whole heart isn't into it. It's the response of your heart 
that is important in life and also before God. That's why we ask sometimes of people, is your heart, is his heart really in it? Because he made a decision it was a good thing to do, but if his heart isn't really into it, then it's the same for serving God. And I'm asking the question on behalf of the Holy Spirit today who sent me as your messenger, if you like, is your heart really in it today? Is your heart really in serving God? Is your heart really in living for the glory of God? Is your heart really into being just the most on fire person as part of Destiny Church today? Is your heart into it? Or or are we half-hearted? You know what the Bible says about half-heartedness? He he doesn't like it and he spews it out of his mouth. We need to be on fire. You remember the little heart at the beginning of the message was on fire. It's all about the heart, a heart that is actually 100% given to God. You know, sometimes we have a play act in our lives about ourselves. We have a play act that says, yes, here am I. You know, we come to worship, we lift our hands, but our heart isn't in it. Or we try and do the same things, the right things, so that it looks like we're on fire for God. But you know what your heart is full of? You will end up sharing that secret. It will come out. Because the Bible says in Matthew 12... 33, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings forth good things out of the good things that are stored up for him. You know, when your heart is full of good stuff, you just can't help it coming out. And you know when you've met somebody, don't you, who's full of good stuff. Because they just can't help splashing goodness all over you. In Proverbs chapter 16, 23, it says, A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote destruction. Is that the right way? Did I get it wrong? No, I see. Let's, Let's come back to the Word of God. A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. And it says, pleasant words are a honeycomb. They're sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. It's, we have a, a nature, a human nature, a carnal nature, that just loves to hear bad news. And we're, oh, yeah. And then we repeat it, and on it goes. Right? But it doesn't bring life. It doesn't bring instruction. It brings destruction. All you've got to do to find out what is in somebody's heart is to listen to what they say. Somebody who's going to pull down somebody, they're, they're not bringing instruction, they're bringing destruction. Somebody who's just raising, you know, failures of your past, somebody else's past, my past, you know, that's not instruction, that's not life, that's death, and that's, that's coming from a heart that is actually being made, laid bare because of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, people get impressed by outward things, but you know, God doesn't. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 16 verse 7, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Yesterday we were in a, in a big supermarket and um, the guy in front of me, a man and woman in front of me, that big trolley, like one of these big trolleys. and It was stacked high with big boxes. And I nudged Rachel and I said, some child is going to be very, very happy with those boxes on, some, on Christmas morning. I mean, these were, these were you, you, you could have put a body in it. You know, they were big, big boxes. And uh, they're trying to impress their child, aren't they? Well, my guess is that the kid will play with the box. How many of you have done that? You've spent a lot of money for presents, and they. Uh, I've got pictures of my grandchildren hiding inside boxes you know, on Christmas morning. It's like, 
We just spent a lot of money on that gift, which is lying there. See, man looks on the outward. We get impressed by money or station in life or, you know, achievement or education. But you know, the Bible says God looks at the heart. You know, we need to pick up God's way of, of, of finding out who we are. Not what car does he drive, you know, how, how expensive was the suit or how smart do they look. No, find out what people's hearts are. Our heart is important. There's an interesting Bible verse that brings together our words and our heart. And, it, and, it, and it's found here in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. And it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. That's, that verse is so beautiful, showing heart and mouth lining up together and in agreement. And I tell you, when those are, if you get those lined up inside your heart and mouth, I tell you, you are, you're a powerful force to be reckoned with. When you believe in your heart and you make a confession with your mouth about the promises of God, you are absolutely a force to be reckoned with. Amen? When we, when we believe it in our heart, when you believe the promise, you take a promise from God and you believe it. And you say, Amen. And then you speak out that word rather than speaking to the narrative of your friends. You know, if somebody's like, no, 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 it's terrible, 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 you know, what we're going to do, world without end. But you have a belief in your heart that actually you've committed your way to the Lord and He's going to keep you till the end. And you speak it out and you say, well, actually, you know, uh, I can pray for you and I want to share some of my faith with you because actually it's working really well for me because the promise of God is all things are working together for good for me. And they say, well, it's not going so good for you right now. But you say, I, it might not be right now, but don't judge me on a snapshot because it is working out because God's working it out for me. That's my heart and my mouth singing from the same hymn sheet. And I tell you, when we're in that sort of place, man alive, we are in a great place. That's why we need to guard our heart. It's a big verse in the Bible in Proverbs 23, and it starts off with these words, above all else. Occasionally, Rachel writes me a to-do list. Okay, often Rachel writes me a to-do list. Okay, she's not here to argue with me because she's working with the children today, but all the time Rachel is writing me a to-do list. <laughs> And she writes it in, uh, in priority order, and it's above all else. Sometimes she'll say, if you don't get anything else done today, you've got to do this. And I say, yes, darling. I, you've heard me say before now, there are two people that I fear. One is the Holy Spirit, and the other is Rachel. <laughs> I know you'll tell her. <coughs> she'll watch this anyhow, and... Uh, well, anyhow, let me get back on the word. The Bible says it's above all else. So in other words, make it a priority, ladies and gentlemen. Put it as number one in your life. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? For it is the wellspring of life. See, your heart, this central bit of us, it's a dumping ground sometimes for stuff that shouldn't stay there. Things that people say and it goes inside your heart. Things you've said about yourself or about somebody else you should never have said but it dumped it in your heart and you walked off with it still in your heart 
And the Bible says, guard your heart. It's the wellspring. Because what you've let go inside your heart will come out in your mouth, in your attitude, on your face, in your serving, in your giving, in your life. In your, and it's effect. You know when your heart is full of stuff that shouldn't be there? Your heart's not full of joy, is it? And full of peace. And You know where it came from because of what it produces. If it's good, it will produce good stuff. If it isn't producing good stuff for you and for your wife and for your kids and the people around you, for church, for me, if it isn't full of good stuff, it shouldn't be in our heart and we should be guarding our heart. Now the very next verse in Proverbs 4, 24 says this, put away false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk, put far away from you. Don't be an argumentative, contrary, speak the alternative, go and, you know, no, 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 we just want to, you know, no. let's speak God, shall we? Let's speak faith, shall we? Let's speak love, shall we? Let's speak forgiveness, shall we? Let's speak goodness, shall we? Let's speak the blessing of the Lord about ourselves and about other people. God is a good, good God. Devil wants you to speak all that other stuff. It's destructive, but we're going to speak instructive. One produces death, the other produces life, which is why the Bible says, above all, guard your heart. Now, we've all had our heart hurt. Or am I the only person in this room that's had that? Looks like I am, okay. Well, I'm going to talk to myself for a few minutes now. If any of this makes any sense to you, then uh, you can grab it, but this is my message, all right, because I've had my heart kicked in a few times, and I've had it kicked in by other people, and I've kicked it in myself a few times. So have you. So have you behind that camera. I mean, not the people behind the camera. I mean, the people who are watching it because of the camera. Well, maybe behind the camera as well. But God bless you. And thank you for what you're doing. We've all had our heart kicked, <laughs> kicked in a, a few times. Emma, I just love that singing today and the, the worship. Well done to you. That was great. Loved it. That's what I'm talking about, singing with your heart. Right. Twelve little things, big things. One of these is going to come out and jump out for you, and you're going to find a key that is going to help you to heal your heart. Or two or three or four or five of them, maybe all twelve of them. And for others whose heart are not damaged, it's going to give you some guidelines to guard your heart. If your heart's been hurt because of some reason, God wants to heal you. He, I believe he wants to heal you today before you go home from the service. And it takes one touch from the Lord to do that. Here's, here's 12 important steps about guarding your heart. Are you ready? We're going to go through them fast. Number one, take some thoughts captive. What does that mean? Well, the verse is this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Basically, if that thought is going on inside your head and it isn't what Jesus would think, kick it out. Stop it. Number two, control your thought life. You're in control of your thoughts. You can say to yourself, oh, stop it for goodness sake. And Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 gives us a guide about what we should be thinking about. Control your thought life. It says, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, that's the stuff to think about. All the other stuff. So you can go through and do the reverse of it. Whatever is really not quite so true, it's not noble, it's not right, it's, it's impure, stop it. Don't think about those sort of things. 
And the Bible does say, number three, don't give room to the devil. He's prowling around trying to trip you up. Woo, he's been prowling around trying to trip me up all my life. And more recently, it seems to have had its foot out quite a lot of times for me. And I'll tell you what, I ain't having any of it. Because we're God in our heart and we're saying, Lord, all that you've got for us, for our life, is, isn't God good? Yeah. Now, don't give room to the devil. Ephesians 4, 26, 27, 29, 30 has these phrases in it. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. I told everybody in the first service, we're living in very short days. It doesn't get light till nine and it's going dark by four. So actually you've got to get over it quick. During the summer, you can stay mad a bit longer. Because <laughs> it says, don't let the sun go down. And you... No, keep a very short account on those things. If something upset you or something was wrong, get over it quick. Forgive somebody else very quick. Let it go really quick. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath. You get up tomorrow angry with that person still. I can't... Tell me, let me tell you whose heart gets hurt, them or yours. You got it. The next phrase in that verse is, do not give the devil a foothold. Why? Because you give him, an... he's an opportunist. Dirty devil, as my wife always calls him. She always calls him the dirty devil. Yeah. Not when she's talking about me. I'm talking about the devil, you understand, right? And she, she don't give him a foothold. And then the verse carries on. Do not let, which means that you're in control. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, there's some stuff that we've all spoken. And we, hit, we wish, wish that we could rewind, erase, and start again. Well, you can. It's called repentance. Sometimes it's called apology. Sometimes it's going and setting the things straight and saying, you know, we're, we're just going to get over this and we're going to move forward from this. That, that's important for you so that you don't give any room to the devil. Number four, keep your breastplate in, in place. Why? Because the breastplate is there to cover your heart. Ephesians 6 verse 14 says, keep the breastplate of righteousness in place. Keep it. Guard your heart. Number five, keep the word of God in your heart. Why? Proverbs 4 verse 4 says, lay hold of my words with all of your heart. All of it. Lay hold of my word and keep my commands and you will live. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. I'm going to hide this word in my heart that I might not sin against. We've got to let the word of God, if you don't read this, how are you going to get this in your heart? Period. Past question. I mean, it's, it, we just got to, we've got to, we've got to actually face some realities, ladies and gentlemen, today that we, you know, if we don't let the word of God fill our hearts, something else will. Somebody else will. The devil will. And he's an accuser. He'll accuse you and he'll accuse somebody else through you if you are not careful. So let's fill the word of God in our hearts. Number six, wisdom will always keep your heart in good place. I haven't given you a verse for this because I could have given you about 600. But wisdom, God, here I am. I'm about to make a decision. I'm about to live life. Let your wisdom guide me. And by, by the way, God always will. And then what about this verse in, uh, in number, number seven? Uh, gratitude and thanksgiving and praise and worship will keep your heart balanced. Why? Because it's hard to worship God and have a bad attitude all at the same time, isn't it? You know, you come into a worship service, you lift your hand and say, Oh, hallelujah, I hate that man who's sitting behind me, three rows behind me, I wish he'd drop dead. Well, guess what? 
who's going to drop dead first, him or you? <laughs> no, we've got to be, it, it, it's like me and Rachel, sometimes, you know, when, when, you know, if she ticked me off or something, and I, I never do that to her, of course. I'm, I'm really enjoying her being out with the kids today, it's like, it's a good moment in there. You know, when you know that in another half an hour it's <clears throat> time to pray together, it's like, oh dear, you still feel angry, don't you? And then it's 10 minutes before the time that we are normally spend some time to pray together, and you think, like, I think we better get over this now pretty quick. Yeah? So one of us ventures, I'm sorry. It's always very quickly to come back and say, you know, I'm sorry as well, and and you come into God's presence and you thank him for his goodness over your life. And it's got, you know, that's how you heal your heart. With, with goodness and gratitude and thanksgiving and worship, it keeps a balanced heart. Number eight, good fellowship with the right people is important. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. If you're spending time with people who make you feel terrible at the end of it and give you, speak to you a load of junk that you did not need to hear about it, guess what? You've, you've just spent time with the wrong person. But if you're spending time with somebody that when you leave that presence, you're going, yes, this is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and I'll be glad. And thank you very much. You just built up my faith. And I'm so glad that I spent some time with you. Then you were with the right person. Yeah. <clears throat> Number nine, listening to God speak to you is important. When stuff is topsy-turvy and the waves are washing all around you to hear God say, peace be unto you. Doesn't always change the circumstances, but he speaks peace into your circumstances. The Bible says, Philippians 4 7, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, this is the Bible so incredible. You can find all these verses bang on subject about guarding your heart. Number 10, let go of the bad stuff. Just let go of it. In, out of James chapter 3, several verses here. If you harbor bitter, envy and selfish ambition in your heart this does not come down from heaven but is earthly unspiritual and of the devil and there you will find disorder and every evil practice see you just can't get involved in all that stuff and come out smelling of roses you can't do it you just if you harbor it in your heart you will come out smelling with all of that, do. It's just, it's just not possible. So sometimes you just got to let go of the bad stuff. You may say, well, I've always been that way. Well, it's time to let our heart be healed. Let our heart be changed. Let our heart be changed. Because if your heart changes, your, your words will change. Your whole personality will change. Your whole outlook will change. In fact, even people around you will change, or at least they'll change in the way that you see them and you talk about them, because you'll only be talking about what the Bible says, up lifting things instead of negative things. It's Bible. Don't, don't shoot the messenger. This is Bible, okay? Yeah. And then what about this? In uh, the same chapter, in James chapter 3, was, was verse, uh, our 11th point. If you've got to let go of the bad stuff, was number 10. Number 11 is keep hold of the good stuff. And it says, but wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, then considerate, then submissive, then full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Now that's good stuff. When you're making a comment about life and it's pure and peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere, that's good stuff, keep it. When it's full of absolute, of absolute rubbish, then let go of it. 
because it will not do you good, it will not do anybody else good, it will damage and hurt your heart. And finally, number 12, we've made it. Uh, value God and godly things and godly ways more than anything else. Value God. Seek first his kingdom. Value God. Putting God first at the center of your life. Because the verse there is in Matthew chapter 6, 21, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. What you treasure, what you value, what is important to you. You know, if what is important to you is to live a pure and God. You know, the Bible asks a question. Who's going to ascend the hill of the Lord? And the answer to it is, he's got clean hands and a pure heart. If you value that above anything else, you'll be careful what you do. And you'll be careful what your heart is like. You'll value it. It'll be above and beyond anything else. That's where Mary was at, to come back to the beginning of our story. She treasured Luke 2 and 19. She treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. That is, the word treasure there is really interesting. It, it's, it, just meant, it just means that she put great value on it. And she treasured them. Every mother treasures up little things about I mean, how many of you mothers, you, you know, you cut the baby's hair and you saved it and you saved the booties and you saved the purse pictures and you, you're full of all those memories, you know, and okay, was my wife the only person that did that as well? And, no, we, we treasure these things. And for Mary, it was an incredible story, wasn't it? And then on that day when the angels came and announced unto you as born a savior and they went and they worshiped him. And she looked. She stood as they were worshipping her baby boy. And she went, it's happening. Because she'd already said, do you remember, to the angel, let it be to me as you've said. And now she said, look. She kept her heart right. And it was right. It was happening right in front. She treasured it in her heart. There are many things for you to treasure in your heart today, my brother, my sister. And there's some things to let go of. Treasure the blessing of the Lord. Treasure the promise of God. Treasure the presence of God. Treasure the God who has brought you from where you were to where you are. Treasure the fact that God has brought you here to be part of this great family. Treasure all that God has spoken to you about your future. Yeah, there's difficulty on the journey, but treasure the joy of what is happening around you right now. Because God is going to bring you through. The second word in that verse was that she didn't only treasure, but she pondered. That's an interesting word. I looked it up and I found out that it, what it meant is you ponder, you're thinking it through, and what you're saying to yourself is, I don't really get all of this. Can't work it out. I'm pondering on it. I'm trying to think it through. I'm trying to work it all out. I don't really, do you know there's a lot about what God's doing right now, a lot about the Bible that I ponder on? I, don't work, I can't work it all out, but I'm pondering it on it. In connection with treasuring and believing the Word of God. And some of the things that I can't quite work out, I, put, I file it under P for pondering. We'll have to see how that works out. I don't understand it all. She pondered, I think, when she stood Mary at the cross, seeing her son die. She said, what's, what's going on? She was pondering again when he rose again from the dead three days later. And she pondered again when he was lifted up from the earth and ascended into heaven. She carried on pondering till her dying day. I think she's had a few conversations with Jesus since she got to heaven, don't you? 
And she said, now I know. You know, now we see partly. The Bible tells us that. But one day we're going to understand them fully. Between now and then, ponder in a good way. But keep on depositing in your heart some treasures, some really, really good stuff. You know, and if you will do that, God will bless you. He'll heal you. He'll restore you. The tiredness he will replace with a new energy. The hurt and the tendency to want to speak negative stuff will change to a new tendency to speak faith and to speak love and to speak goodness. You know, the despondency that you felt, what's going on in the world today, will change to a faith something to say, my life is in good hands. My heart is right with God. And whatever it is that you're going through, and however much it's hurt you, however much you feel like it's damaged you, it's nothing compared to what God can do for you. And in a moment, in a second, in a touch, one touch from the Lord, it can change everything. And you can drive away, walk away from church today with a new lightness in your spirit, in your heart. The circumstances didn't change, but the heart did. The heart did, and because the heart did, the words did. And your outlook did. Why? Because you're now living life out of a good heart. It's all about the heart. Mary treasured these things. And I believe that for some of you today, this is a day for you to treasure this first Sunday of December 2022, you're going to say, that was the day that I gave God my heart again. And he came and he touched me. He came and touched me. Amen. Would you stand with me, please, a moment in God's presence? I'm asking you right now to give God your heart. To say to God, God, come and touch me again. Give to him the hurt and the problems. And make today the day that everything changes in your heart. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. Let's sing that again. Come on, let's sing it. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in. Oh, God is wanting to do a work in your heart right now. Will you let him? You could lift your hands towards him as you sing it and say, Oh God, this is my day. This is my God, my day for a change of heart. This is your time. God wants to do something inside you. Come on, let's sing it again.
Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed. Renew, it's coming. Flowing from the grace that I found in you. Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I've seen in me will be stripped away by the power of your love hold me close let your love something amazing in our hearts oh hallelujah hallelujah the Holy Spirit is here right now and he's coming to touch you and to bless you and to lift you and to change your heart oh hallelujah let's sing this chorus one more time before we go hold me close he will let your love surround me, bring me near, draw me to your side, and as I wait, I'll rise up like blessing be on us as we go out let the joy of the Lord be our strength let the Holy Spirit just fill our hearts with something new something revitalizing something refreshing we will do our part in guarding our hearts oh Lord thank you so much for your love for us have a fantastic week thank you for being here the Lord bless you God bless you thank you